1: FBI direct Oh, wait. That's the wrong script. Uh, Nat <laughs> Price, sponsored by Federal Baseball. Tonight, we'll discuss the Washington Nationals' walk-off win over the Baltimore Orioles. Doug, is your phone all right?
0: Uh, it, it cuts my finger when I try to use the touchscreen, but uh, it still, still seems to work. That is no bueno.
1: Washington Nationals win into the ninth inning. Brad Brock, the Orioles closer on the mound. Six to four Orioles at that point. Jason Worth. An epic 11-pitch at-bat battles Brock, ends up home homering to right center field. One-run game at that point, some people were starting to believe. Some of us went and wrote two extra paragraphs to keep aside just in case we had to erase our previous game story and fill in with the comeback. Bryce Harper, opposite field, double in the next at-bat. Ryan Zimmerman grounds out, deflates the crowd a little bit here in the nation's capital. Daniel Murphy gets the intentionals. They put him on base in front of Anthony Rendon. Big mistake. Anthony Rendon, singles to center, uh, as I just wrote in my game story here. (laughs) Uh, Rendon, singles to center, but Nats third base coach, Bob Henley, nicknamed Bob Sendley for his his tendency to wave him around, held Harper up. Uh, Matt Weeder steps in next, bases loaded, one out, single to right field, drives in. They give him two runs, even though they only needed one. 7-6 Nationals. Matt is a former Orioles catcher, comes back to haunt his former team. The Nationals avoid a four-game losing streak, and improbable comeback in the nation's capital doghouse. I know you were here, too, watching it. I was sitting high above the crowd watching this one. What a great ending for the Nationals, and really big win to avoid losing a fourth straight.
0: Boy, you really couldn't write it any better than it happened. I mean, the way Worth started off that inning, how many times have we seen him do Exactly that. Work the long AB. I, I guess the only difference is that he didn't come back from 0 and 2 to work the full count and foul off a bunch of things. <laughs> I think it was like 2 and 2 or something. Um, and, and then you know hits hits the dramatic solo shot. Uh, of course, it, that wasn't the walk off itself, so I guess that's the difference there. It was just you know the the home run to get everyone else fired up. But then a, a great sequence of ABs after that there to to set up the go ahead. And I, I, I got to say, it was, a little, it was a little disheartening, not that I'm going to grumble about a win, but, that Zim didn't get the walk-off again. Because, you know, <laughs> he's done it so many times. You just want to see him do it every time, especially given the, the resurgence he's had so far this season. How great would that have been? But really, the second greatest thing, Matt Wieters, and I remind everyone I was against the signing. <laughs> uh, comes comes to the to the plate against his former team and you know against a, a, a really fired up crowd you know the the the, the biggest moment in baseball okay i, I guess it wasn't two outs uh you know just steps one out. up there and immediately lines i said it wasn't for i meant to say it wasn 't with two outs. <laughs> uh, steps up and, and lines one right, right past the first baseman there to to score the, the tying and go-ahead runs. Beautiful, perfect. The reason we go to baseball games. I actually absolutely love this
1: Dusty Baker quote afterwards. He's talking about Jason Worth at bat, how he kept on fouling them off and seemed like he was getting closer to squaring one up. Uh, Dusty Baker says he was just trying to make contact first. That's a determination at-bat. If every at-bat the guys have that much determination, then they'd never make out, but something happens when you're down to your last breath and guys seem to find more determination from somewhere, and I'm glad he did. He could really go for all those at-bats in that inning, though. I mean, everyone was kind of locked in there. The game's on the line. That's why it's such a hard job. We complain about the closers. The Nationals have tried out there. It's not easy for anyone out there. Guys are locked in at the end there. Those last three outs, the cliche saying goes are the hardest ones to get but once again that proved true tonight yeah uh
0: really it for for all that we didn't see much to show for it for the rest of the game the the Nats were putting together some uh, some good at bats pretty much the whole time if you look at uh the, the relative pitch counts uh strass although he gave up five runs in in six innings you know, he was only up right around 100 pitches through six. Um, uh, what's his name? Miley. He was, I think, 120 or something, five. Did he uh, get up
1: to 116, I think. Yeah.
0: yeah uh, it, it was – the Nats were really making him work. And, you know, they, they had some, some potential rallies that, you know, didn't really work out. But they were being patient. They were drawing some walks. Uh, and, and in some cases making some good contact, really uh, good at bats all evening. And then it finally came together in the night. You know, I, I would have uh, – at the time, I always prefer a, a more relaxing game with a comfortable lead the whole evening. But uh, in, in retrospect, you know, that that makes this game much better. Only in retrospect. As I, so.
1: <laughs> as I attempt to out-humble you after your comments about not liking the weeders signing – I believe we had a discussion before the game this afternoon when I walked down to a visit with you guys where I said, it's about time we get Michael Taylor out of there, right? He's had enough opportunity. <laughs> maybe we should get uh, Andrew Stevenson up here, maybe give Brian Goodwin his shot. So Michael Taylor showed me. Uh, might get lost in the shuffle with the big walk-off win in the end, but the reason they were able to come back, what well, like they did is because Michael Taylor got them within two in the eighth inning. Daniel Murphy's single to start the frame. Two outs later, uh, the Philly, former Phillies reliever Alec Asher, who I didn't know was on the Orioles until he took the mound there, uh, came out, struck out Anthony Rendon, struck out Matt Weeders, Michael Taylor comes in. I think he worked the count fold, too, which really impressive at bat from Michael A. Taylor there. You don't see a lot of them from him, so you got to give him full credit when he does. Home run to left center field, just an absolute line drive blast out to the left field, 6-4 uh, at that point. He also drove in a run earlier in the game, two runs in the game for him uh, pulling up the box scores. I can see how he ended up doing on the night, but where are you, Michael? Two for four, run scored, three RBIs. He had the two Ks, which you come to expect from him, but that was a really big at-bat there in the eighth inning. Like I said, might get overlooked, but a big blast for Michael to get him on the board. Dusty Baker said after the game uh, – He's been struggling late, and making contact, which is an understatement, of course, but that was a big home run that he hit. That was a big two-out RBI, two out RBI that he drove in, hopefully, and he was in the A spot, which is a tough spot to, uh, spot to hit in, but he rolled the line up around a couple of times, and we're all pulling for Michael Taylor. I think that's pretty much everyone uh, who watches the Nationals, too. You want him to succeed. He frustrates you uh, endlessly with the strikeouts, but a big night for Michael A. Taylor tonight.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I was... Uh... And I got to say, I, I certainly agreed with you in that conversation that Michael K. Taylor uh, apparently <laughs> seemed to be a, a not very productive piece of the Mets lineup. So I guess we have to pick someone who's underperforming and insist they be sent to Syracuse every game so that we could be made to look fools, uh, which I'm okay with if it means the Nationals win. But uh, just that 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 at bat there in the eighth, he was actually first pitch swinging. Which is another thing that drives me crazy about his approach to the play, <laughs> except when he lines it off the back wall with the visiting bullpen, and then I guess I'm all right with it um, he, uh, he he singled in uh, another run in in the fourth issue as, as you pointed out there I think he it, it, unless that was the a b you were talking about that's that's the one where he worked the full count. Uh, I think that so, For yeah. uh, singling in a run there with the, the runners corners and i I, I just I've wanted to believe and make Michael Taylor for so long that, you know, now that he's showing us a little flash, I don't believe it because I've wanted to believe in it before. And <laughs> he's, he's just too good in spring <laughs> to actually be successful during, uh, during the regular season. But if, if he can keep it up, certainly with, with Eaton, Eaton, uh, for the season, uh, you know, every, every time that you have a team with a long playoff run, there's always some unexpected contributor, you know, someone who, who – some, some random role player or bench guy or somebody who steps up and makes a big contribution, and that's just part of, of a winning season. And if that person can end up being Michael Taylor for the Nats uh, the, the, the this year, I think that would be fantastic.
1: Would well, make for a great story, and I can actually hear you now because the army of people with uh, leaf blowers who go out and clean out the stands every day seem to have finally stopped. Uh, it's a little odd thing that goes on here after every game. They go around the stands cleaning everything out with leaf blowers, just like a, a couple dozen people out there roaming the stands. A uh, little insight for you there. That's cold color. Stephen Strasburg on the mound. <laughs> Five and two-thirds scoreless last time out. Three and one and six starts. Two-six-six six ERA. Two-six-nine FIP. Two point four three walks per nine. Seven point nine seven K per nine. Two seventeen. Two seventy-two. Three twenty line against and two thirds before tonight. I will also note the Nats. My favorite stat in the world. Seventy-three and eight when he gets three plus runs support in his starts. He didn't get that tonight, but they ended up winning anyway. Uh, hit-by-pitch, three straight singles, sack fly, uh, and a single in the third, three-nothing. They score three runs early, uh, seven Ks, 19, first 19 batters he faced, 71 pitches in four innings. A first-pitch uh, slider is called in the game day, though he hasn't been throwing a lot of them. So slider or curve, a bender, as I put it in the notes, uh, to Mark Trumbo in the fifth, ended up in the back rows of the red porch seats, really just a bomb of a home run, five-to-one at that point. Ends up going six innings, eight hits, five runs, five earned runs, two walks, nine Ks, 100 pitches, uh, 68 of them strikes. As Dusty Baker put it in uh, the game, the one inning they blooped him to death and the other inning they blasted him to death. Uh, not the best outing by Strasburg, but he kept it relatively close in order for the Nationals to come back in the end.
0: Yeah, you, you look at when he gave up the three runs there in the second. That was all fluky, babbity, weak contact. Um, it was, you know, maybe one of those hits was, was fairly solid, and there were a couple of, uh, of, of long fly balls that, uh, that were caught for outs. But, you know, th- this, is, this is one of those things. And while it, you certainly have that dominant pitching outing where you can induce weak contact, sometimes the weak contact goes where they ain't, or it goes just over the infield and you end up with uh, that unexpected three-run rallies like that. It's like we were playing the Cardinals, for Pete's sake. Um, <laughs> but that uh, certainly that, that bomb that he gave up to Trumbo was was legit. Uh, that was a- about as far as I've seen one hit the center there on the, the Red porch seats. Uh, I, I think Ian Desmond, when he was first up, he hit one way up there. Um, I, I've seen a few out that way uh, uh, before, but well, he, he just slobbered that ball. That was well hit. Well struck. Well hit. I <laughs> just uh, glad, glad there was only uh, one person on base at the time. Nah. But uh, uh, not not the, the sharpest outing for, for Strasburg, but strangely efficient for giving up five runs. You know, only 100 pitches through six. He didn't have to come out early. The bullpen wasn't that much stressed. uh notwithstanding that he gave up five runs and the rest of the Nats decided to to lift him up and, uh, and win anyway. So good on everyone. One more Strasburg note before we move on from that. Uh,
1: I know you were watching at home, but I highly recommend you go back to the second inning and watch the leadoff at bat when he hits Jonathan Scope. He throws a curveball in there. It looks like Scope flinches to get out of the way. Somehow leaves his hand dangling over the plate, and his hand gets in the way of the ball somehow. Uh, Strasburg's reaction to it, just priceless. I have in my notes here that uh, maybe I should go back to that – hit by pitch in Max Scherzer's close to perfect game, which might be the worst hit by pitch of all time. But this one was a close second And Strasburg's reaction. If you didn't see it well worth going back there and watching it, because he's just nonplussed, I think is the way to do it. Not amused at all, kind of staring, staring at at home. And just like, is he really calling that one a, a hit by pitch? But it was a hit by pitch. Uh, I don't really have a question for you there. Just a recommendation to go back and watch it because it's well worth a look.
0: I'll, I'll take a look
1: uh last note of the night i have on here is michael uh michael mike rizzo's bullpen comments from this morning he was on 106.7 the fan in dc he didn't need a closer tonight matt albers everyone's favorite reliever did a good job of the ninth of keeping it closed for the nationals to come back uh dusty baker said today they could have coda glover uh sean kelly back weekend sammy has nerve uh, inflammation in his elbow is a little more of a question mark um that nerve takes longer to heal than if it was a muscle or something, so they're not sure when he's coming back. But like Rizzo went on at length uh, talking about what the Nationals are going to do, we acknowledge that the bullpen's been bad. They've been bad last in the league. We've got the best record in the National League, and our bullpen has been the worst in the National League. So he's owning up to what's going on here. He also said that Right now you're going without Kelly, without Glover, without Solis. You have relievers in positions that they wouldn't normally be in. Any Romero is probably the last on the list of relievers going into the season trying to close out games like last night when he blew it. Uh, he said right now they're not in any active discussions. Uh, let me just get the exact quote right there so I don't uh, misquote what he said. Uh, we're not actively out in the trade market looking for bullpen help right now. His essential argument was that we want to get our guys back healthy. He said, we usually evaluate these things after 50 or 60 games. We know what type of team we have. And then as a trade deadline is that when you make some adjustments on the parts of your team that you think need adjusting, uh, is this the right approach for him? Can the Nationals afford the demoralizing sort of losses they've had out of the bullpen? Do you trust that? As I mentioned today, uh, they weren't exactly really good when Kelly and uh, trying to trying in and Glover were in the bullpen at the beginning of the season. It's been a problem all year. A lot of pundits and fans thought it was a problem from the start. Can they wait until the July trade deadline in your mind? Do they have to go out and get something right away and kind of settle this thing down? Or considering that they're still in first place in 22 and 12 after the win, can they take their time and see exactly what they need?
0: The Nats can certainly afford to wait. Uh, The rest of the division is having plenty of trouble. So there isn't uh, a – a big rush to do something to make sure that the, the Nats are competitive in the division. They are. Uh, and if you, you, you rush out too fast, and especially if you start making a bunch of pronouncements about how we got to do something about the bullpen. And even if we, we did have to do something urgently, Rizzo would be saying the exact same things he's saying now. Uh, everyone else out there knows it. And trying to make a trade now when people who are going to be out of it, haven't realized that out of it yet is going to drive the price up waiting too long to make a trade. Of course that might drive the price up too, but uh, if there's some sweet spot in there for making a deal, I'm sure Rizzo is going to wait for that spot. And in the meantime, if you can cobble something together out of uh, the pieces that are already in house, I think that would certainly be workable and it would probably be effective enough to win the division. Would it be effective uh, in a hypothetical postseason, well, probably less so. That's certainly where individual reliever quality is is a is a huge issue, and we we saw that spelled out explicitly in the World Series last year, where that, you know, on on the strength of relievers alone, uh, it, uh, what what should have been probably a, a five game series was a seven game series, and and a pretty good one I might add, uh, so. Is Riz going to make a move in the end? You know, yes. I, I I lean towards probably, but th- there isn't a rush to do it. And even if he doesn't make a move, I think that that's that's not really going to hurt the Nats' odds of making the postseason. You know, the the effect would be what happens in a hypothetical postseason appearance. Yeah, just. Following up on what he said, he
1: also said that a lot of these guys have track records. The numbers they're putting out out now aren't indicative of what they've done in the past, and you have to hope that they play to the back of their baseball card, as he likes to say on occasion, and uh, give the Nationals what they expected to give. Some of them might be older. Some of them might have lost a little something, but uh, Nationals, I don't think the relievers are as bad as they are right now. I don't think they have to rush and do something as much as a – uh, some people, myself included at times, want to panic and make a, react- a reactionary move. I think you wait and get the best deal you can, add what you need when you see what you have with a fully he- fully healthy bullpen. And like I said, the Nationals are the lead in the division at this time, have the time to wait and see, I think. But it doesn't help when you're losing those games. It makes it all seem a little worse. And Nationals managed to avoid that tonight, avoided their fourth straight loss, 7-6 win over the Orioles, the Matt Weaver's walk-off hit. Uh, one more with the Orioles tomorrow, A.J. Cole against Dylan Bundy. The weather forecast is bad enough so that I'm thinking of heading home early and watching this one on TV if they actually play it, but we'll see if they do. 7.05 tomorrow, Nats Nightly sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. Good to talk to you again, sir. Maybe we'll talk tomorrow, if not over the weekend, when they play the Phillies again.
0: Go Go hey, Nats.